right, welcome to the Kickish Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Black woman in the workplace. I have my friends here with me today. I have Nika, Amber, and Tamia, and we're going to discuss how, like, our experiences in the Black workplace, well, in the workplace as a Black woman. So I'm going to start off with how I met everybody, and basically we all have one super thing that is really common. We all went to the same college, Oakwood University. Um, but honestly, I don't know how, like, the first moment in which I met all three of you guys, but I can say, one, our families all knew each other, mm-hmm. two, camp meeting, and then I feel like our friendship was, like, beginning to seal in college and post-college. Yay, nay. Are you talking about our individual friendships with you or our collective friendships with one another? Individual friendships. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was saying. And then collectively, Mm post-college, we all had our, you know, our trip. So it was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So we're going to get started. I'm going to jump in first and we're going to talk about, it's very obvious we're all Black, we're beautiful, we're fine. Yes, God has made us this way. So... (laughs) Can you just start off telling the industry in which you work in, and then we can go from there? Uh, Nika. Um, I am in the field of public health. Okay, okay, so healthcare. Amber? I am in the medical slash nursing field. Okay, all right, so can you start off, one of you guys start off with like your experience as being a black woman? I think that there is a difference in being a black woman in the culture of black, um, the the black workplace versus being a black woman in the culture. So can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, I was, I thought you were getting ready to say something. I was going to ask you. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've worked in an all black, um, I guess, atmosphere, if you will. And then I currently uh, work in a place where I am one of two Black people and, or not even just Black people, but just people of color in general, because I do think that there is a definite um, line of demarcation (laughs) when you are a person of color in the workforce. Uh, So when it was in all Black, it was crunk every day. Like, <laughs> like it was legit crunk. Like, everybody, you like, what's up? We didn't have to explain our culture to anybody. Like, we didn't have to code switch, if you will, which I know we'll get to that at a certain time. But it wasn't necessary with the people that grew up looking like you or grew up with the same experiences as you. Um, and it just made it so much more cohesive, if you will, um, because you didn't have to worry about, you just had to be you. You know, and even, yes, you could be you in a professional manner, in a professional sense, but it made it that much more homey, you know, with that sense of camaraderie that you share with one another just by being a person of color. Um, Whereas in the work field that I am in now, or my particular office that I am in now, um, there is one other Black person, um, and then there is a Hispanic person, both of which I hired um, because I am a nurse manager. So... I, I tried to deliberately as best I could. I wanted to make sure that their resume fit, you know, what they were going to be doing and the job description in and of itself. But I also wanted to bring diversity into the community of the white working space that I'm in um, because I felt like it was my duty. I am somewhat at this point in a leadership position. And so I'm like, you know, I want to have other people look at us and say, oh, okay, they can they can take care of Black people as well as, you know, any other person or any people of color. Um, and so I have made that my due diligence to do that and to give back to my community and other people of color um, so that it is an atmosphere of unity. Um, but the cold switching thing is super real. I don't want to take up too much time. We have other people. But so far, just the camaraderie, the cold switching, I would say is the number one thing versus all black and then being the minority in the workplace. Okay. Well, since you want to talk about cold switching, let's talk about cold switching. I'm just saying, like, I, that was the difference that I've experienced. <laughs> so, I was having a conversation with one of my friends at work, um, and we was basically where it's literally on our team is she and I. Like, we're the only black people. 
like period, not black women, but black people. And we was talking about how she and I, we instantly clicked. We did not know each other from here. She lives across the United States. I'm in Chicago. We know nothing about each other, but there are certain things that we can share from like experiences as a black woman. So specifically when we're like, when we get up in the morning, we don't get up in the morning as just a woman, we get up in the morning as a black woman, how we perceive, how people take like everything. So code switching. So there's times when I can be like, hey girl, hey. <laughs> right. And my other coworkers, I'm like, good morning, happy Friday. Sure. Right, exactly, right, right. <laughs> That's real. How, how do, you, do you guys have to code switch? Like, how does that, how does that look? I, I feel like, well, in my current workspace, <clears throat> there's only one other black person in the department. So there's not a lot of code switching because we don't really work that closely together. But I remember particularly there's there's like this lawyer at our organization. I had to work with her on a particular issue. And we had a situation where someone was coming at me a certain way. And so I planned a call and they didn't show up. So I felt like the code thing came in where I was talking to the lawyer and I was like, you know, bring that same energy on Zoom. Bring the same energy that you are. Just not show up. You was coming full force. And now that we have this meeting, you're nowhere to be found. Where are you at? So it's just like, I didn't really know her, but we like, we vibe and it was just like, you know, don't come at us because we will come for you and you're not here. So I think this is settled. Like, don't do it. <laughs> absolutely, Nika. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's like I don't know. It's like a sense of like being understood when you feel like you can speak that um, I don't know the same language as like your people. So I don't get the opportunity to do it a lot because I don't work with my people. So it's like that saying, um, "What's understood doesn't need to be explained." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a meeting once, and I was like, "Bet." And then I realized this <laughs> circle and my coworker was like, I was like, oh, I meant like understood will do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've accidentally like forgot to switch over and then like had to explain myself. It was just like, never mind, never mind. Just forget <laughs> That's it. Like, you call switching. When you're yeah. having to over explain yourself, like yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I would I didn't I wasn't really trying to talk to you. Yeah, you missed the mark at that point when you have to over explain. It's just like don't worry about it. It's yeah. It's not gonna have the same effect. (laughs) Exactly. But it's like so I know we keep talking about like working in um like a predominantly white world or organization, but how I feel like there were still times I had to code switch a little bit when it came to working with all black people because I've worked in mm. all black place before. And while yes, I feel like we all have shared experiences, but there were still some people who did not believe that they identified as black. <laughs> so it's like when you try to be like, yeah, period, they're like, excuse me. <laughs> Um, you don't speak this way and you know I've had that talk told to me and then it was like oh well maybe you're just young or maybe that's you know I, I'm sorry what <laughs> I think it depends on like how people grow up some people grow up in a different like they come from a totally different background they can't relate to that at all so like when you say it they're just kind of like or but some of them are raised to think that they're better than the rest of black people it just really depends on and I'm gonna take. Sorry, Nick, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm gonna take you to the flip side of that because where I used to work, um, I'm not gonna say the name of the place, but it was in Huntsville. Huh? <laughs> I said, please don't. Okay. Yeah. So it was in Huntsville, and it was at a nursing home, and <laughs> nursing homes in Huntsville. When I say I cannot, <laughs> not you googling. <laughs> we all know. But when I say that the majority of people were people that, you know, grew up on the other side of the track, so you, so to speak, or, you know, about that hood mentality. And it's like someone who's coming in who was not born and raised with that. However, I have family and I can tap into that if need be. Um, Just being the professional that I am in that environment, you can kind of feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Because 
oh, you're not cussing, you're not drinking, you're not whatever. First of all, we're all on the clock. None of y'all need to be drinking. So let's start there. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, second of all, I, that's just not, uh, that's not what I'm here to do. Now, if we was at a, a, a function outside of work that may, you know, a co-worker situation, okay, whatever. Maybe I'll be a little loose or what, not loose. That's not already, that's not a good term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that loose girl over there. <laughs> I mean, maybe I would not be as professional, if you will, if I was not in a work setting. Um, but it kind of made it hard to be a professional, even amongst your own peers, when everybody else kind of came to work just to get a paycheck. You know what I mean? And it was like, oh, I'm just with my homegirl. You know, we on the floor. Meanwhile, I got patients in the bed who got bed sores who need to be turned. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it was... Yes, it was all black in the sense that we could um, be on one accord and we didn't have to code switch per se. But when it comes to professionalism, I feel like that's a whole nother code switch type of situation going on because a lot of us don't know how to be professional as African-American people, you know, and young women, you know, because everybody over here twerking and, and doing everything else. Listen, when I tell you it was the ghetto, it was the hood. OK, that is. That was the hood. I already know. I already know. You're right. Like we was in Huntsville living at the same time. I feel like I worked there once upon a time. <laughs> so, I mean, but it was cool. Like, is looking at the us. Peaceful like, were cool. good people. Okay. <laughs> she grew up on the other side of the than us. I cannot. <laughs> but the, the people were cool. It was just that switching of codes, if you will, from professionalism to just being at work with your homegirls or homeboys. Mm -hmm. And that was a little difficult to maintain early on in my uh, professional career. Yeah. And I get it because I've been there too where they're like, why do you talk like that? Mm -hmm. um, well, we, you know, they've invited me out several times and I'm like, no, like I'm good because that's not my circle. That's not the stuff I'll do. But I'll tell you, um, I went to this event and majority of, my job is white, go them. But it was literally maybe like two, four, five of us black people there or whatnot. And this was an event that had an open bar, they had snacks and everything. But we as black people, like when we sat down, we was like, we can't do what they do. Like that was the first conversation. Like they, like it was like, hey, we wanna enjoy ourselves, but limit your drinks and limit how you're out here being loose <laughs> you know like that like the older lady like she she told us that she was like i don't need no mess from no black people today and it was like it was understood that's like, right you know they're like what are you drinking at shirley temple thank you <laughs> <laughs> but it was like understood we're not about to be out here acting foolish right. so people, you know because it's like we have a different standard to adhere to yeah. just in life period and it's unfortunate that, you know, we can't always be ourselves. Even that way. In the workplace, I feel like we, I don't know, I feel like we almost have to work three times as hard to be up with the people that are not really putting in as much effort. And like my experience in the workplace, I feel like I have the black woman save the world syndrome. Like I'm always advocating for people, like taking things on myself, trying to make it fair for everybody. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are other people where they just don't care. They're just doing what's good for them. And I'm like, hey, well, what about this person? What about that person? Like, I don't know why I feel obligated to do it, but I don't know. It's just, I kind of have a thing of like, it needs to be fair for everybody. And I'm going to advocate mm -hmm. for black, white, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's like, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I don't know, since I'm the only one, it's like, it could be challenging sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, wow. I'm the only one. Like I have no one to really, you know, talk to or code switch with. It's just, it's just me or whatever. And then in the back of my head, you know, the people that I think I can trust, you know, my mom always tells me like, Hey, you need to be careful. Cause at the end of the day, um, you know, folks are going to stick with who they're going to stick with and it may not necessarily be you. So I always have that in the back of my head. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's like a lot of pressure um, to be, one of the only black ones and successful as well. And then like all this extra added pressure that you put on yourself to like treat everybody right and save the world. And yeah, so. 
Yeah, man. So my next question is, so how is it when, um, I'm trying to figure out, okay, let's throw it this way. Okay. So you're the black woman at work, but then you run into the other black girl or the other black person. How do you navigate that? Because I'm going to tell you one, I'm going to fill you out. Like <laughs> I ain't talking to you. Like I'm not going to instantly cold switch with you. I might like half cold switch. Cause I got to see if you down with the cause or are you just over here just sucking up just to, you know, get ahead and you gonna throw me on the bus. Like, it's really not that easy for me to just jump and be like, hey girl, welcome to you. I gotta, give me a few minutes. Gotta make give me a couple months. Yeah, like, it depends on what kind of other black person they are. I'm kind of the same way because I've been burnt. Like, in my first, like, professional job there was this um black lady who was like above me and she could have been a mentor but she like she lied and manipulated and like was trying to tear me down and so I thought I could trust her and she like burned me really bad so whenever I see people that kind of resemble some of those um traits that she has and it may just be personality or like just small things I am just like let me just sit back and watch because I don't really know yet. I don't really know what kind of black person you are. Are you the one that's going to tell everybody where you get your hair from and how you do it and like with it? Okay, where I got my hair from? Okay. What? Like, I don't know. Mika. What do you say to me? Mika's three. <laughs> Be like, this is how I do it, and we have to glue it in, and you know, you don't have to tell all that. Like, you don't, you don't have to do all that. But like, well, what if they withholding that information though? If I come up to you and be like, I like your hair, and you just be like, oh, thank you. No, no, no. I mean, like, you that makes you feel a type of way. No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking oh, about yeah. like, you know how like non-black people will question you about your hair. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And this person is telling all the secrets and like, <laughs> well, they're cool that everybody, you know, has the same, you know, they get the hair from the same place or something like that. Something real ignorant, so. Okay. And then they'll take that information that somebody shared and think they know everything about right. and they don't. And yeah. that's, that's a whole nother can of worms. Speaking so, of which, Tamia, your point, I was in TJ Maxx not too long ago and this lady, y'all, white lady right we're standing behind her she's at the cat she's at the cashier right and the cashier is black young young pretty black girl her edges are laid right <laughs> i already know what it's going let's go this lady says mind you she's been talking to everybody in the store if you're friendly that's cool sis but it's still COVID. i need you to back up just a little bit okay um so she's like Oh my God, your edges are so, um, shoot. Um, your edges are laid. Your edges are laid. And I was like, she way too excited to say she that. She was way too excited. And then the girl was like real confused. Like, thanks. Like, what do you even say to that? And then she was like, the white lady, she was like, oh, my coworkers would have been so proud that I remembered that. What? Ma'am, you know, it doesn't take all that. It does not take all that. Just say, ma'am, I like your hair. Your hair is nice. Or just say nothing at all. Don't, don't yeah. be caring. Don't be caring. Okay, <laughs> yeah, just that, don't. That's a colloquial term that only people mm -hmm. among the same. Child, sis said your edges are laid. And I was just like, I was, I was, I was disgusted, to be honest. That was not even <laughs> cute. It wasn't cute. It wasn't like, girl, but goodbye. So <laughs> to your point, Tamia, yes, they feel like they can go take that little bit of knowledge yep. and apply it to all Black people. Mm -hmm. Like, I think too, like, um, experience is the best teacher. You know, whenever I see another Black person, automatically I'm going to be happy. Like me and my husband, we're, um, this is our anniversary weekend and we're at a really nice, you know, like uh, resort. And I, I saw like another Black couple come in and they, you know, were getting a tour of their room and different things. And it's like, when I see people that look like me, I automatically am going to be excited and be like, oh, you know, I, lo I like seeing us show up in places like this. Um, exactly. But at the same time, like we all come from different walks of life, you know, and 
just because somebody looks like you, um, it doesn't mean that they have the same values as you. It doesn't mean that they um, have the same beliefs as you. I mean, we all look alike. We're all, you know, most of us are all pastors, kids or grandkids, but like they're still, we're still so different, you know? And um, I think that comes with the workplace too. And so for me, one thing that I try to do in navigating situations like that, where mm, I don't know if I can trust this person or they seem cool. Um, so like time, time will always tell. And I, I tend to be um, one to look at patterns and, and how people behave like consistently. And also I'm just really big on right now energy. Like if somebody's really sincere and genuine, like I feel like though you can never really automatically tell, I think with time you get better and quicker at feeling out people and how they really are and, you know. So like if your energy is off or something, it sounds kind of old school, but if something in my spirit was a little off about you, I'm automatically going to be cautious, you know, but if over time and, if, and when I see how you respond to different like situations in the workplace, I feel like your values and how you react to things kind of um, like their similarities with how I would have done that too, then I feel like, okay, this is somebody that, you know, we're kind of on the same page as it relates to some things. And, you know, I may, depending on how things, you know, happen, I um, see, you know, where our relationship or our friendship goes. I don't automatically divulge and share everything that's on my heart with them. But um, over time and with experience, that will kind of be my guide as to how I, you know, move forward and, and connecting with them and, and just being, instead of a coworker, potentially also being like a friend, somebody that I would say is a friend. And I don't use friend lightly nowadays either, because, you know, um, people, like Nika said, they'll seem really friendly at first or friendly when you can benefit them. And then, you know, if there's opportunity for them to one up you or, you know, I, I don't know, like people turn into a whole nother type of person <laughs> in situations. So, yeah. You're right. I think I used to be more trusting. Um, but then when I moved here and you guys know my situation, my previous job, like I, I like I told my mom a couple of weeks ago that I was dealing with this other black lady and I was like, this black lady has done nothing wrong but I have PTSD from this other black lady <laughs> as really like, it was hard. It really came down to the point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Because we know the situation is, yes. I'm so sorry. It really came down to the point, like even my parents, my dad was like, she's jealous of you. Like, how? Like, like, like to me, like you said, when you see another black couple, you see it, like you want to be like, yes, we up in here. Yes, you know. But then as time goes, because I remember I told Dumars, I was like, something seems really off. Like you said, the energy. When I first met the lady, she came, she was like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. I love your eyebrows. Like, I'm gonna do that to y'all, but I don't need that from everybody. Unless like we're on that level. And when I, to me, when I feel like someone's too extra at the beginning, I, I pull back because I don't know how to take that. And for me, I feel like that's too much for me when I'm not close to you. And as I started to see, I started to pick up that she always says something about how I dress, how I look, and then other things started to happen. And it was like, why is everything about what I look like? And then I was like, material girl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible for like older black women to be jealous of like, you, Absolutely. No, you don't think it's possible like that I had that experience where I mentioned that lady like lied and manipulated me someone came to me when I first started the job and it was actually a, a black man that said I feel it in my spirit she's jealous of you there's something that she's lacking that she sees in you and he said just watch yourself Mandy uh, I was like he was right and I wasn't even really listening to him and he was like what I tell you like, men be right because my dad called it and Dumars called it yeah, maybe no one. Oh my and God. even even a white man came up to me when he started a year later and was like, "Watch her," and I was like, "No, I'm good." He's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "No, you're not." Okay, so when it comes, I know we talked about hair. How y'all feeling about hair <laughs> and like workplace? I mean, I know my hair is straight because I bought it from Wildwoods. Don't buy it. It's not good. But anywho, um, 
I will tell you my natural journey started senior year at Oakwood and I wore it natural a lot, but then when I switched to, I think it was Space and Rocket Center or whatnot, I started okay. straightening it because my hair was like really short and then my hair draws up. And so I'm like, Ugh. and I was actually not confident to wear it. But then after a while I was like, wait a second, they wear their natural hair every day. Why can't I wear my natural hair? And I know it's been like the crown act. It's been so many different things. And I know Amber, you got locks. So that's a whole nother thing on top of the natural hair. Like how y'all feeling? How do y'all like wear your hair at work? How do you feel? Do you feel like you would like to wear your hair differently or <clears throat> like talk to me? To me, it came off of mute. But I think she's frozen. Nika? <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I feel like I wear my hair how I want to wear it. I feel like over time I've become more confident. And sometimes I'm still like, is it too big? Is it too big for the screen? But I'm like, you know what? They're going to take me how they're going to get me. So, you know. <laughs> period. Period. You um, know, I take the time to do my hair. This is my hair, whether I bought it or it came out of my scalp. It's my hair. Um, and so I feel like I'm still navigating the big, the big hair thing. Like even like okay. if I do like clippings or wigs, like, oh, it's kind of big or whatever. Sometimes I find myself doing that because I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, the, like I said, almost the only black person in my department. So sometimes I like kind of have that thought in the back of my head, but then there are times where I just don't really care. So I feel like I'm leaning more on the side of being confident, but it is like, okay, so if I change my hair, are people going to make a big deal about it? Like, are they going to comment on it? Like I, you know, I really don't care for all of that, but I don't know. I mean, I like that I can change my hair a lot, but it is a thing. And people do sometimes make a big deal out of it when I feel like they shouldn't. Yeah, because we grew up in the era where like perms that started coming out or relaxers. Yeah. But, you know, we was like relaxing our hair. And I was telling, I don't know if I told y'all or I told Dumar, like for a while my hair wasn't permed. Like, and then my hair, I just had a lot of hair. And my mom was like, look, this ain't working. So she permed my hair. And then that's how I went into my, you know, perm stages till I got to college. And then I felt like when I got to college, I was able to see black women, a whole lot more black women in the diversity of hair. Mm -hmm. and I was like, no, because I don't know if y'all remember those on um, magazines, like hype hair, black woman and all that. I used to collect those magazines. But most of those hairstyles, everybody's hair was straight. Mm -hmm. so those were the hairstyles that I was going for. So I got to college and I'm like, oh, that actually looks decent. They don't look like they don't care. Because, you know, the idea of natural hair was like they just, they ain't use no edge control. Right. <laughs> Comb their hair. It's too big. Like, yeah. The twist out got humidity to it. So what's going on? Like, yeah, yeah. it just used to be. And now, yeah, it's like totally different. But, yeah, I just had to throw that in there. I mean, with my locks, um, I didn't have these locks when I was in a predominantly black space. Um, I've only had them for three and a half years on the eighth. Huh? I said, where you get them from? <laughs> My scalp boo. <laughs> <laughs> No, these are not faux locks, okay? This is literally my hair. <laughs> um, but I've had them for three and a half years um, on the 8th of this month. And the transition period was a little confidence booster, challenger, whatever, because I wanted to prove to myself that I am not my hair. You know, basically like Andy Ari says now, granted, would I have wanted to start my locks at this stage where they're down my back? Absolutely. But that's not the reality. They started like up here <laughs> and I went through the ugly stage. I covered them up one time for Constance Wedding in June of, what was that, 2020? 2019. 2019. You did? You had what, braids or something? I had full locks oh, okay. over my real locks. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. I remember. Yeah. 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 I, I'm like, okay, okay. Because I had just gotten them. I just started them February 8th of 2019 and your wedding was June. Oh yeah. Cause I remember we talked about it. He was like, Oh, my hair is only going to be. And I was like, I am not about to be the ugly duckling in your wedding. <laughs> That's going to be a no for me. <laughs> like, 
no, I want your wedding pictures to look good, even though I didn't want to necessarily cover up my stuff for my. But that was the sacrifice I made for you, so that your pictures can look bomb. Because I'm like, you know, <laughs> so. I had them in for that, and then I just kept them in because at that point they're already in. So just keep them in until whatever. I think I had them in for like two months, and I took them out, and I hadn't done anything since. Um, but as far as the workplace is concerned, I still do think that there is a <clears throat> professional level in which you should wear your hair, mm -hmm. even okay. though it's natural, even though it is locked, even though it is relaxed. Like there are still, in my opinion standards quote-unquote for professional looking hair um and so even though i do have my locks like i'll go to work like this um because it's professional it's not all over my head you know it has a little crinkle to it so it can it's, it's its own style in and of that crinkle um but i can't work in the nursing field with my hair down so usually i have it up in a ponytail um but there have been times when it don't look this fresh. These literally just came out of the, the two strand twist this morning, okay? So it don't always look this good, but I'm going to lay it down. I'm mm -hmm. going to put edge control or whatever on it so that it makes it look presentable because mm -hmm. for me with locks, like until you get to a certain length, even if you put it in like a messy bun, mm -hmm. you got locks sticking straight up like this and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this is not professional. Now, other people will be fine with it. But for me at my house, we're going to serve the Lord in professionalism, okay? <laughs> and professionalism, I feel like, you know, there is a spectrum. Just like, you know, with religion, there's those that are more conservative and those that are more liberal. And with professionalism, I feel like, you know, Amber's level of professionalism may be like way, way far, you know, on one end compared to what somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> for every black person, you know, so that's that's gonna look different for every black person, you know, their level yeah. of professionalism. Did y'all get that? I don't know if I, um my recording. <laughs> we got it, but when you were muted, I was like, preach, girl, preach. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, so there's, there's varying degrees of professionalism. You know, some people think it's professional to still wear the messy bun and not do any slicked edges. I mean, they, they, they stay in sure. yeah. I'm curious to see what everybody's spectrum of professionalism is. And I know there is a range, like for me, like I'm going to try to do my edges and I'm not going to have just stuff just sticking up everywhere. Look like I actually woke up and did something to it. Try um, yeah, that's like my standard, like look like I, and I know to other people who don't have natural hair, you know, it might look like I never do my hair because it's always natural, but I always try to do my edges, you know, I don't know. I just try to make sure I look put together and whatever that means. I don't know. I always just try to look like somebody love me. Like, yeah. Like, I, mean, like, I mean, I love myself. That's a standard. Like, that's that's the bare minimum. But I want to look like somebody love me. Yeah. <laughs> like, somebody yeah. care about Constance. You know, I ain't out here embarrassing the folk. But right. I, I think for me, professionalism is multidimensional, which I think is probably for everyone. But as far as my looks, like I said, I want to look like somebody love me. Like, I will be working in this. But I do work from home. And I do work in a very relaxed um, industry, but I still don't believe professionalism means a suit and a tie. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't. Definitely well, not in 2022. Yeah. I do believe that professionalism looks like you washed your butt this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Says, take, take pride in how you look. When you walk out that door, take pride in how you look. And that's, that's kind of just my that's just what I keep in the back of my head, even when it comes to my kids, you know, like now sometimes it be a struggle. I ain't gonna lie, because kids are a whole nother ball game. But you know, I try. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I am definitely going to to try uh my best. So some yeah. people may not try at all, and that's them. But <laughs> like Amber said, that's for me in my house. You know, come on, try. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing that I was taught growing up. My father always said, you know, um, First off, when you are outside of this home, you represent God and then you represent our family and you represent yourself. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought that in my dress, in my speech, in my act. Now, you know, if you're my friend, friend, and you on the inner circle, 
you gonna get raw, unedited Amber. All the time. And y'all already. Yeah. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> I was like, I want to talk to somebody last night. She said, "Silence is gone." I just turned my phone on. Do not disturb. I, ain't I was gonna ask you, did you talk? Did you Facetime Mika or something? Because you know you be slick. No. <laughs> I didn't get the message until like midnight. Oh, and I'm like, what was she doing? Because she was texting me too. I'm proud of you, Constance. I'm proud of you. I was having a very lonely moment and you threw me to the wolves. Okay. Well, I was out at a dance workout class. So come on, I was out. First of all, did you get permission from us? I don't oh, need permission. Yeah. You didn't send us your location to make sure that everything was all right. <laughs> I am grown. Ooh, you are grown. You are grown, grown. Mm-hmm. Amber, come on. Bet you hurt. <laughs> I was going. I was going to join the bandwagon on Constance, but we got. I saw you. You kind of like. Then you was like, "I'm gonna fall back." She's being real strategic. I was. I was. It's okay, Mika. I'll, I'll hit you up in the polo. I get okay. on you for real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go back to what Tamia was saying about her kids. You know, make sure that they look decent. My mom used to be like, "If you ever end up in the hospital, you better have on clean underwear." Like, mom. yes, I highly do. Out. I feel like that's a black thing too. Oh wow! I highly doubt doctors are worried about what type of underwear I got on when they're trying to save my life. They mm -hmm. not. However, I'm gonna tell you though, in the medical world, when you're taking care of patients, we be talking. Mm. <laughs> that's we be fine. Talking. Just save my life. Ooh. You can talk about, me, but save my it life. It ain't always. It ain't always the best. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I. I'm saying we as a collective unit of of healthcare professionals. <laughs> When we're taking care of patients at the bedside, okay? There's always going to be one that's going to comment on something. Did you see them holy draws this hat on that came in the ER? Ma'am. <laughs> do you have your CPR license up to date? Like, Ooh. get your life together. We're not talking about nobody holy draws. Like, you're here to do a job, okay? Yeah, man. But mom used to, like, you know, say stuff like that. But... Switching over to like kids and motherhood and whatnot, I know for me, and this is like a two-part question that people can jump in. For me, when I look for a job, because I know we've all in the past <laughs> couple of years switched jobs. Um, when you look for jobs, what specifically are you looking for that really speaks to you as a black woman? So like for me, it's a maternity leave. I need to know, do you have a maternity leave? And like, are you running me two weeks? Are you running me six weeks? Are you running me a couple of months? Um, and that really became, as I get older, you know, <laughs> I'm getting old. I don't know if I'm having kids or when I'm having kids, but that is something that I'm looking for as well as what is the diversity. And diversity to me is more than just how many people of color you have on your staff. Okay, so age and everything. You know, yeah, every, yeah, diversity is everything. And also where are these people located on your, um, your chart? Mm -hmm. the organizational chart are mm -hmm. all the diversity at the bottom or is diversity you know amongst things mm -hmm. but specifically i'm looking for you know what is your maternity leave what is your work-life balance because if i do have kids are you going to be like hey well she took off again you know right right care of kid. and where i work at now i really appreciate that they really encourage taking time for your kids like i scheduled a meeting with this lady and she was like, um, oh, I got to pick my kid up from daycare. That's not really going to work for my schedule. In my head, I was like, well, block that time off on your calendar. Nobody cares. Just block it off. But at the same time, I was like, cool, I got you. I'm going to reschedule it because kids come first. Your family comes first. To me, like, there was no back and forth about that. I was just a little irritated, like, just put daycare. <laughs> you know, just, just block it off. But I think she forgot to, like, put it on her calendar. But how is your experience like with the workplace, family, kids? Like, how has that been for you? So, can I ask a question before we answer this question? Ask the question, but you got this. Are you asking what are we looking for moving forward, or what did we look for? It can be both moving forward, but because I know we look for different things as we age. Correct, because so, I ain't never thought about nobody's maternity leave. Exactly. I never thought about it. Even after I was married, I wasn't thinking about no kids. But now yeah. I'm, like, I'm getting older, ugh, might want to consider that. I've never thought about the maternity thing until you said it either, even after I had kids. However, one thing that I I look at more now and that I've, I, I've thought was important in the past is um, the retention of staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
especially nowadays, because, you know, people are going to stay where they're happy or where they feel like they're appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so if there is a high turnover with your staff, if there's not at least two or three people who've been there for like five plus years or been there since you opened, I mean, that is kind of a red flag for me. And now that I'm working and I'm, you know, and I'm a mother as well, like, I also am interested in how many other moms, like women who have children, you Uh know, whether they're married or not, but just somebody who got some kids, like how those are there at this place? Are there, am I going to be the only one? Uh, I, you know, is there, is there more than one, you know? um, So that's kind of, those are two things I kind of look for in addition to like what you mentioned, Constance, you know, diversity from, you know, um, I wouldn't want to say like the bottom end of the totem pole, but like yeah. I mean, diversity from you know people who may be working doing like administrative stuff versus people who may be um, doing um, more procedural thing. I don't know. Like I just I, I look diversity all across the board. Like so that's that's important as well too. Um, Tamia, did you tell us what you did? I think you froze at the beginning. Hello. She said. Yeah, she was saying that you tell us what industry you worked in because we think at the time we asked, you froze. Oh, no, I was just saying, well, I, I, I'm the dental profession. I'm a dentist. So okay. um, now, I, like I was saying, I just look for retention of staff. That's important. And then also, um, are there any other like mothers or parents that work there? Because to me, if there's not, and let's say, why are y'all laughing? <laughs> I see something wrong. No, <laughs> it's Constance. I was joking. Constance, Constance, <laughs> Constance. No, we heard that she was asking. It's no, okay. she was asking at the beginning of the chat. You froze. Uh-huh. Oh, man. So oh I know I got that. about what industries we were in. So she was like, she doesn't think that you shared your industry. So we heard everything oh. about what she was looking for. So she, when you said the dental profession, then she, Amber was like, okay. And then you kept going. You was repeating it. Nope. So Amber's looking like, Amber's like. <laughs> okay. My bad. You know it's all love. You are. I know, I know, I know. know. Amber's sitting there just like, Lord, please help us get No, because I'm looking at you because I already know that you're catching it. (laughs) I'm over here crying. Oh, my God. But you know, Tamia, like what you just said, um, if there are other moms there, I never thought about that. But on the flip side, as someone who doesn't have kids, I feel like sometimes that is thrown in my face. All so, the time. oh, well, you don't have kids, so you don't have to worry about this. So, oh, you don't have to have you don't have kids, so you can do it. You have more time. Like, not necessarily. I, I have two kids. Okay, I cannot. I do. One's in college. I cannot. And we know where the other one lives. All right, and next. <laughs> In that case, it's three. <laughs> you know, I, I sent one away right now. Oh god, sorry y'all. I've seen um, this thing that said that you don't have to have kids to be tired. You don't have to have yeah. kids to be bro. I be like, I feel like when you don't like, you fill your time with other things. Other things. So, yeah. You know, when people say, "What do you do with your time since you don't have a family?" I be doing stuff like I'm busy like I have stuff to do don't worry about it I do what I want to do period like it doesn't matter I don't have to give you a rundown of what I do because I don't have kids who are you yeah you chose that for your life for your life and it's not a bad choice but you can't knock somebody else for not choosing that yeah I remember somebody asked it was kind of like in a condescending tone it's what I most of the time it is yeah. And it's like, I don't think they could imagine what life was um, like being a single person who lived by themselves. And I was like, I do what I want. <laughs> At any given point. Period. Right. So, yeah. but to answer your question, Constance, um, definitely retention. Um, and I know that's probably ironic dealing with my work situation that y'all all know about. <laughs> Red flags. <laughs> 
However, when I got there, when I got there, the retention level, because I asked that in my interview, like when it's time for my questions, I asked that. But the um, turnover was not yet where it is, unfortunately. Fortunately, but unfortunately. Um, I also look for diversity. And I also look for maybe even being the first person to represent that diversity. Um, because at the place where I am now, when I went to interview, they took me around the building and facility and there was nobody that looked like me at all. And this is two and a half years ago. So they did that prior to the actual interview process. So at that point I was like, oh shoot, I got to set my game up one, cause I want this job. And two, I'm gonna let y'all know what it is to be black in a predominantly white area. And I can handle my business professionally. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I stepped my interview game up in that regard because I did not see anybody that looked like me. And now where I, where I am now, which was not where I was looking to be, but the Lord had other plans for my life. I am on the flip side of that. And now I interview people and I'm asking those pertinent questions about what are you looking for in an employer? And that's something that's in my interview questions, because I want to know how I can help and best represent you and advocate for you. If you do become part of the team, Mm -hmm. um, I also like PTO because we already know what we're doing this year. We're doing what? Uh, Traveling. <laughs> okay. We that unlimited. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know one thing that I look for in my previous job, and this was a red flag, but I don't think it was going to stop me because I still needed to step out of where I was. I asked the question, you know, the people on the panel, like, you know, what do you like about this job? But I really didn't get a straight answer. Um, mm-hmm. someone didn't say anything, my supervisor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the person was like, oh, um, <laughs> he said my supervisor. <laughs> yeah. The person was like, oh, you know, it's a great opportunity to like, you know, it was just very vague. So I was like, hmm. So like after three years being there, and I was like, well, I can see why they answered the questions the way they did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I asked that on the interview with the current job that I had and I got different answers and um yeah that's something that I look for I should have asked about the PTO I mean I feel like there's always going to be like a trade when you go somewhere else you're not always going to get the same benefits absolutely it's been helpful to know like what some of the benefits were before I started um so I'm on the struggle with PTO but if I have to take that take off um time without pay I'm going with y'all. Where y'all going? So period. <laughs> and I think too, like even when it comes to like things you look for in a job, and I, I feel like when I first started working, I was always trying to kind of like, okay, this is what the job looks for. Let me make sure, like you know, I have what they need. You know, now when I'm looking for jobs, I'm like. I know what I can bring to the table. I, I need to find a place that will best suit me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I always thought about getting interviewed as somebody seeing if I'm a good fit. No, I'm interviewing you. Are you going to be a good fit for what I need at this point in my life and my personality and like my values? I don't want to have to feel like I'm compromising too much on, you know, um, how something is done or if it's right or like, you know, and I think for me having that mentality like going in it makes it a lot easier one to say no to stuff and places and opportunities that may not may not serve you because just because you know um you're getting offered something uh, and you may get money it doesn't mean that that's for you like you know and I've, I've become to be okay with being like even though i really like this particular job or this this work setting realizing that if there's too many red flags like it's okay for me to say no to something, disappoint some people, but ultimately that lead me to something else that I feel like is going to best best serve me and and best best I don't know help me to be happy long term. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think I carry that with me in looking for a job and I you know like I want to make sure that that where I'm at like I. I feel like I can be happy. I don't have to try too hard to be happy. Like I want to be, you know, work isn't always going to be something you're excited to go to, you know, because sometimes you're just tired. Sometimes you just need a break. But I want to, if I can help it more times than not to be looking forward to going to work, you know, so. I feel like that comes with as we 
deal with different experiences because like you, I used to be like, oh, I want to make sure I'm the best fit. Now I'm like, mm -mm, I'm interviewing you, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Are you for me? Like and, and so yeah. when I have been like handling like interviews and stuff or prepping people, I tell them like the other day I told them, I was like, do you have any questions? I said, because you're interviewing them as well as them interviewing you. I said, because you can get hired and this is not the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to deal with all types because I've been there. Like I had red flags in my interview, but I was so desperate for the money. I was like, I need yep. this job. Mm -hmm. And it cost me more than I got paid. Yeah. And like, I, I think about those experiences and I'm like this, I should have never taken that, you know, that job. Yeah. 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 I always say like, whenever you're looking for an out, take the time to find a place that you feel like is going to be the best fit for you. And you won't really fully know because yeah. you know, things in a way, when you get into it, it might be different. But um, I feel like that makes a big difference. And I feel like I did that this time. And so I'm in a position where I feel like it's a better fit versus <clears throat> I was trying to make sure that I fit. Because I had my questions. I was thinking in my head, I hope we all have time for my questions because I'm yeah. going to be... Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think also prioritizing what you prioritizing what you want too. And I mean, yeah. I'm, obviously there's some things that, you know, you're going to have to compromise to some extent, but like you need to know your deal breakers and like, and be honest with yourself. Because I think a lot of times I've caused myself frustration at work and just frustration mentally because I wasn't honest with myself. And I couldn't, I was, because I couldn't be honest with myself, I was too afraid to advocate for myself in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And then months down the line, I'm feeling burned out. Months down the line, I'm feeling like, you know, this is too much or I, I, I don't look, I'm not enjoying what I do. Like I'm so stressed and anxious about things related to my job that is taking out like my love for the career that I've chosen. Right. So, you know, um, like I think, you have to really just like be honest with yourself and be honest with the people that you work with in the interview session, you know, just in general, because if you're not, it will bite you in, in the butt later. And like, you're the only person who's going to live with your decision. And you have to be willing to walk away. Yeah. yeah. One thing my daddy always taught me in any negotiation, whether it's car, house, money, anything like that, anything that you are trying to negotiate with somebody, you have to be willing to stand firm and walk away. They're not going to respect you if you don't. Mm -hmm. I went to a dealership with my daddy when I was at home in April. He's looking for a car for my mom. And this man changed his story in the middle of the negotiation situation. And my daddy was like, okay, sir, thank you for your time. You have a great rest of your day. And we got up and we left. Do y'all know now that man chased us out of that dealership? Sir, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. Well, you need, um, you, we can do it with your price. Da, da, da. My daddy said, no, thank you. You have a good day. Mm -hmm. And still left. Because you have to be willing to stand your ground. It's like that saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have to know when to put your foot down. And ultimately, all money ain't good money. Right. <laughs> all jobs ain't good jobs. Just because you yeah. got a paycheck don't mean that you're not compromising your sanity for it. Your mental health. Mental health. Like, literally. Like, yeah. That's a whole nother topic in and of exactly. itself. Exactly. Like, that's a whole nother <laughs> topic. topic in and of itself. But yeah, you definitely have to be willing to walk away if it's not suitable for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, especially for us as Black women, because I told y'all the story where I interviewed with them and I told them these are my salary requirements. And, you know, they was like, okay, yeah, I did an interview. Then they're like, oh, well, we can't, you know, give that to you. And I'm like, that's fine. Okay, I didn't. Exactly. You right. Buy in. <laughs> and, and they're really, they're testing other people too, because they have it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know what? I feel like if I was a white male, they would be like, okay. You would have like, more. I really Absolutely. don't. Like, and yeah. you know, it's crazy because I was just talking to one of like this girl I work with and we were talking about our interview, um, like our experiences interviewing with this role. And she told me, she, and I told her, I was like, well, I told her I can't go any lower than this. And so she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, because I already had a job. Like, I'm not losing out. Right. Like, no matter how much I hated my job, I already had a job. Like, it's just, so I was willing to walk away from this. And so she was like, wow. She was like, well, I had a job, but I really wanted this one. So, you know, I took it. Now I wish I would have stood up for myself. And mm -hmm. I said, I feel as for me as a Black woman, like you said, we have to be okay with walking away. 
Um, my nail tech was telling me she's trying to raise her daughter to Come get on, nail tech. Yes. <laughs> nail. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but she was saying, you know, raising her black daughter, she wants her to understand that it's okay to say no. It's okay to walk away. And her daughter's like three. And so she says, even though she says no to me, you know, sometimes she's like, you know, I have to talk her through it. But she tells her daughter to say no. She's like, because she doesn't ever want her to be where we are in life and can't say no. And then like, because we were talking about work. Mm-hmm. And now this situation, your sacrifice, like you say, we're going to have to sacrifice something. But what are we willing to sacrifice? Right. And you don't want to sacrifice the importance of. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to learn how to say no. Oh, your three-year-old already know how to say no. But yeah, one last thing, and then we're going to wrap it up. So last thing question is, what do you do or attempt to do or plan to do to make it a better space for the next Black woman who comes in? Hmm. (laughs) Nick is like, "Mm, that one's rude. Well, for me personally, my work ethic precedes me in a good way. And okay. that is not to be cocky, but it is to be confident because I worked hard to get where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and God has afforded me the opportunity to be in a leadership of, in a, in a position of leadership, despite my past, um, whether it's my educational past or my, you know, nursing career past or anything of that nature. Um, this past. I'm sorry. Your loose past. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean that too, but I mean here we are. Here we are okay, <laughs> just so I can feed into them because that's all you wanted. Thank but um, no, for real. Like I, I, you all know the story and and the situation of my uh job. I did not go into the current job that I am now looking for a role of leadership. Um, but because of my work ethic and I take pride in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. If I start something, I'm going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that mentality has paved the way for other people of color that will come behind me because of the good jobs that I have done and I am continuing to do. I feel like there's no hesitancy there if a, another person of color wants to come and be the nurse manager or be the office manager or be the RDO. There was a black RDO that just recently left, you know? And so I feel like she uh, paved the way for me if that's something that I want to do or that God has for me to do. Um, And, you know, she was a good mentor and I try to be as best of a mentor as I can to those people who um, do look up to me when I'm at work or in the workforce. Um, So for me, that is my gift is to increase the diversity there while I can and while I'm in a position to do that as well as show people, like you said, Constance, that diversity is not just um, in color of the skin, but definitely in positions and ranks, if you will. And so that's my gift to my field. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be particularly to your field, but just in general, like it could be somebody that you know, I was about to say off the street, but not off the street, but just you know, I tell y'all about a certain person who I'll be trying to mentor, like, hey, don't post this. Or, oh, you know, okay, got you. Well, I'm going to let somebody else speak. Mine was just more related okay. to professional. But no, you, good answer. Um, <laughs> I would say, I guess, professionally and, like, in other things, but mostly professionally, similar to Amber's, like, I feel like I do a good job in whatever I've done. Like, I've set a high standard. So no one can say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, black person is not doing what she's supposed to do because everybody knows that we don't get the same chances. So I feel like whoever would come in after me would kind of have the way set, but they would probably have to, you know, establish their own um, reputation. And then like also, because I'm in a position of leadership as well, um, speaking up when I see things aren't right, like being true to myself, being authentic, I feel like that sets the standard too, because if people see that you are authentic. You don't blow with the wind. You don't play both sides. You stand your ground. People respect that. They may not say that and it may intimidate mm-hmm. them, but I feel like 
people will respect that at the end of the day. And so, you know, I'm not the one to blow with the wind or to play both sides. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If something's not right, I'm just going to say it. Um, you know, I don't know, the older I get, the less time I have to just be beating around the bush. I'm going to be professional, but you're going to know what the issue is and we're going to try to get to the bottom of it. So, you know, I'm that person. So I feel like that's how I can make it better because sometimes I feel like Black women in the workplace get a bad rep for, you know, bringing drama or, you know, I don't know, not solving problems, not doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, I feel like I'm the opposite of that. Like, I'm going to, you know, if I have a complaint, I also have a solution as well. Um, You know, I'm not, I don't really show emotion at work. So, you know, we're just going to get the work done. Now, after work, y'all going to hear from it. it. But the people at work, you know, they don't, you know, to them, they're just like, oh, he's a person that has it all together, even though I don't. So... Um, I don't know. I feel like that could set the stage for, you know, other black women that come through the workplace. Hopefully they could, you know, carry that torch. Yeah. I'd just say for me, um, and it's kind of similar to what uh, Nika ever said, um, is I have this little picture or um, plaque on my desk and it says like, it says work hard, be kind. Again, Still, I'm not gonna be a jerk. I'm sorry. Am I freezing? I don't know if my connection is going in now. What did you last hear me say? Okay, so work hard, work hard, be kind. Yeah, thank you. Work hard, be kind. Um, I agree with Amber. You know what I do? Like, if you're around me longer, the the type of work and the quality of work that I do, because I take pride in anything that I that I do, and I also take pride in treating people right. And I think sometimes people think when you're in positions of leadership or when you know um, they assume your pay grade is more than what theirs is, that there's going to be an air of cockiness or pride, or that you know oh, this person's better than I. I I think if you are around me and work with me long enough, you're going to see that that's not the case with me, and I'm going to do my best. Even like when I've had different assistants, oh, Dr. Campbell, like that's a really good, you know, and I'm just like, thanks, but that's just, that's just what I do. Like, mm-hmm. and people will see that. And when they see that you take pride in what you do, then they're going to be asking you to do stuff for them. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll, they're t- they'll talk, but they'll have positive things to say about you. And, and also just with being kind to people, like, you know, if somebody's taking out a whole bunch of trash and they're making multiple trips and I ain't got nothing else to do and I can help out. Hey, like y'all need some help. Like, I don't mind helping you know, like that, that's my thing, work hard and be kind. And um, I think that has uh, got me a lot farther in in different work environments than just my knowledge alone about things or, you know, um, so yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I totally agree with you guys on the being kind in the work ethic because I heard this phrase, it was like people, respond to you as a black woman off the last experience from another black woman. Mm. So that's how they respond to you. So if we, the trash black women, (laughs) the next black woman, they're going in their head, that's Mm -hmm. how they're going to respond. Right. Like I told y'all how I had that situation. I'm looking at this other lady, like, no, no, no. She's a different person. She's a different person. My last experience. Yeah. Anywho, thank you guys for kicking in with me on my podcast called Kicking. We did it. We did it. Turn up, turn up. Um, do not forget to follow. Do not forget to subscribe. Do not forget to like. And the best thing ever is do not forget to share because sharing is caring. It can be fun and it's free. Period. <laughs> Period. Hey. All right. Thank you guys for joining. And until the next episode, thank you for kicking in with us. Deuces. Peace. Bye. <laughs> We're not starting yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, please don't start yet. So where's Mika? She's, she's, she's in the background. I haven't oh, let her in. I feel like I should mess with her. But I just... Please don't. Please don't. I ain't got time to deal with Nika. Uh-uh, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
Look, I told, I told Constance I got to tell her everything. I heard I'm glad you did because I didn't have nothing to say. I was, I was telling her everything. She was looking like, uh. Ready? You ready? Everybody's ready? All right. Ready, Freddie? You got your little music coming, intro music coming? Oh, no. That's going to, I'm just going to throw that on afterwards. I didn't know if I needed to do a little. Okay, I see you. I know yeah. that on her. I mean, that's like, oh, Nika, you missed it. She came over here. We was like, yeah. And she wanted to say, she wanted, she wanted to say something, but to me, it was like, ah, take it all in. <laughs> this didn't come to play. She did not come to play. Well, thanks, guys. I figured, you know, I thought kind of, what really helped me was I thought because I was gonna definitely have like a t-shirt on, like a little uh, night graphic tee. But when Constance tagged us on Instagram, I was like, oh shoot, she got makeup on her face. I'm like, ah. Now, I'm always doing my makeup. Now I might have on like this is just a crop top, and I put it on because it says black colleges. I figured we were talking about black. Okay. You're right. You're right. But it's still live though. But it's still live though. It's not recording. It's live, no, though. it's recording. It's not live. It's not, oh, okay. it's not It's not anywhere for people to watch right now. Oh, there she go. 